Hey, this is Marty St. Louis, and you're listening Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by the epitome of resilience, the man who brought the Tampa Bay Lightning into full fighting force, Marty St. Louis. Marty, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Absolutely. Good, I'm doing well in Chicago. How are you? Good. So I want to go back to the spring of 2004. It's double overtime in Calgary, and you send it to Game 7. Take us through the emotions of that play. Well, honestly, I mean, looking back on these games and watching them, you know, these were like old rules, old NHL rules with a lot of hook and hold and slash and whack and all that. And uh, Watching that game, there wasn't many scoring chances. There wasn't many shots on that. It was very tight. Uh, you know, I scored the, uh, in double overtime, the start of double overtime. So that was four periods and some change. And that was my first shot on net. Wow. So, like, there just wasn't any room. There wasn't any much plays being made. Uh, I found myself towards uh, coming from the corner and jumping at a rebound that Kuprasov didn't really control and just try to put as high as I could and find its way in. Uh, you know, emotions go go way up when that happens. Give us a chance to, to bring a game seven at home uh, and hopefully win in front of our fans. Yeah, absolutely. And you did just that, bringing the Tampa Bay Lightning their first Stanley Cup championship in 2004. So you were the first person to have their number retired as a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. What does that mean to you? I know I watched your speech and words can only go so far. Yeah, no, I mean, it was quite an honor. Uh, you know, uh, I came there in 2000 as a free agent, uh, making league minimum and just trying to, you know, uh, get another contract maybe or, you know, get another shift at some point, to be honest. Uh, and eventually everything kind of clicked and, uh, you know, I kind of took off, never looked back. And so my time there for 14 years uh, was uh, obviously a great, great experience for me. I felt like I uh, developed not just as a hockey player, but as a human father, husband, I guess. And, uh, but, uh, you know, to look back on it and, uh, you know, for them to see and value my impact on the ice enough to actually uh, decide that nobody else will ever wear 26, it was pretty special and flattering. Uh, so it was quite an honor for me and my family. Absolutely. I remember watching the ceremony, one of the classiest and most graceful ceremonies I've ever seen. And that was that was one of my best memories of watching hockey outside of the Chicagoland area. So you are the embodiment of determination and resilience. Your old coach, John Tortorella, said in his speech, he said, quote, You have a chip on your shoulder down to your ankle. Where does this never-say-die mindset come from? time uh you know it seemed like people were doubting what i was going to be able to do i think my size came you know at the forefront of that with the, the era that i came in in the mid 90s uh you know where it was a big man's game you know eric lindros era uh, so for me to kind of you know probably always got to be an underdog it made me fight harder and I was pretty stubborn in, in, in the way of, of, you know, not taking no for an answer and, and uh, 
uh, I think it really made me the, the player that I became into, you know, not being a, a superstar early on uh, or even somebody like highly touted. Uh, so, uh, you know, it made me work harder. And uh, once, you know, once you, 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 uh, you ingrain that into your everyday uh, life and everyday, the way you go about your business, you know, it's always kind of... Uh, I felt like I always had something to prove, you know, and, and had to prove I could play in the NHL. And when I once I became an elite player in the NHL, I got I got to prove that I could still do it. And then you get older, and you got to prove that you can still do it as you get older. And I kind of like being in that, uh, trying to prove people wrong all the time. Yeah. Yeah, especially for me as a younger guy in the reporting field, you're always proving someone that you're good enough to be a reporter. So I completely understand where you're coming from with this always proving someone. Want to talk about your coach, John Tortorella in New York. Obviously, he's known for his very fiery style and impassioned speeches. What are you going to take away from your time with Coach Torts in New York? And what's a favorite memory of yours with Coach John Tortorella? Well, I did, not, I did not have Torts in New York. I only had him in Tampa. Uh, by the time I got to New York, I had L.A. Pino. But Torts, uh, uh, well, Torts was demanding. Torts was like a, a, you know, a tough dad, uh, but wanted nothing but the best uh, for you and, and, and really uh, was strict at time, but was also loving. Uh, you know, he was, he was tough but fair. And if you worked, you know, Torts would, uh, you know, would give you, would give you something back. And he was always good to communicating to. You knew what you stood with him, good or bad. Uh, but there was never any no grudges. The next day was always a new day. So, uh, you know, Coach is a big reason why I uh, became the player I did. Uh, you know, he gave me a lot of freedom, but he held me accountable too. And, uh, and I came, you know, I think first and foremost for him is his work ethic and mindset. And he definitely uh, helped me with that. Absolutely, you know the fiery attitude he brings. He's he's like a he's like a he's like a your favorite teacher who holds you to this high standard but wants you to succeed. And I love that. Want to talk about Vinny LeCavalier for a couple seconds? Uh, what was Vinny like as a leader in the locker room? Obviously, we know his prowess on the ice. Um, just tell us about the 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 man that Vinny LeCavalier is on and off the ice for our listeners around the country. Yeah, I mean for Vinny. Vinny was a leader, but he wasn't a rah-rah leader. He was uh, kind of lead by example. And every now and then, like, you know, Vinny would, would fight some big guys. Uh, you know, like, he, he, uh, whenever he did that, I mean, he definitely caught the attention of whoever we were playing. And, you know, he led in his own way, but uh, he was a, a, a lot of fun to, uh, to play with, you know, for me. Playing with Vinny, six foot four guy, and, and quite the reach, gave me a lot of room to play because, yeah. like, I, like I said, he was very uh, physical and he would jump in the pile sometime. If anybody took any liberty on me, he'd come in there, no questions asked. He just dropped the gloves, and that gave me a lot of room. But our style of play really connected. We played a lot of give and go hockey, and some passes we knew where each other were. Uh, it was exciting for the, you know, the, the, uh, we had a nice run together. Absolutely. So you said in your Jersey retirement speech that you were very particular about your pregame ritual. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I 
was uh, definitely routine oriented, and if I did something the day before that, you know, and we uh, we won the game, I scored or I had a good game, I was definitely trying to, to repeat that schedule. So, you know, uh, at some point it just became uh, uh, hard to, to to keep up with because I had so many things to uh, to do on a daily basis to to make sure that I felt ready to play. Absolutely, and it must have. It, there must be some supernatural thing that worked for you because you you had an explosive career. What have you been up to post hockey and post retirement? I've been coaching my kids. I got three boys that play. Uh, I got a seventeen year old, fifteen and twelve, and uh, so I'm pretty involved in their day to day life. Uh, I haven't really uh, gone back to work, so to speak. So I've been fortunate to. To be involved in my kids' uh, hockey and day to day stuff, uh, you know, running practices and traveling on a weekend. Uh, we all, you know, the uncertainty of the COVID, you know, how the season's going to shape up this coming year is, is, uh, is uh, you know, something that we worry about. But uh, hopefully, we get the, to get some hockey in this year. Absolutely. So before we head out, Marty, anything else you want to say for our listeners around the U.S., Canada, and beyond before we head out? Anything else? No. I want to wish you luck with, uh, you know, your uh, aspiration here of, uh, uh, you know, in the media world. And I know you, uh, you got, you're on a, your early part of your career, but I want, you, I want to wish you nothing but the best. Absolutely. Marty St. Louis, the living legend, Mr. Tampa Bay. Marty, thank you so much for the time. Thanks a lot.